All right, hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Um, this week we have a special guest online today, so it's not just me and Hunter. Uh, we have Liam with us. Yay! Yay Liam. Audience clapping. Yay! Uh, <laughs> awesome. Uh, so it's really awesome to have the trio together, um, and we're just gonna talk about random stuff today, like we normally do, I guess. Um, does anybody want? To go first. <laughs> Does anybody want to start us off? Uh, why don't you go first, Jonathan? Okay, I'll go first. I'll I'll start off with the YouTube video thing that I had. Okay. So this is something I was just scrolling through YouTube and I found this randomly. This is something that I think would be so so cool to have or be able to experience. I guess I'm just like fully convinced that like this is what yeah this would just be awesome okay i'm gonna play the video liam i think you should be able to hear it uh and i'm streaming yep. now i don't know if you can see it it's probably gonna be really choppy yep all right here we go for the viewers that are listening it's called off the grid on a homemade island thank you very much It's basically just a giant Catherine, floating is island husband, these people made. I'm Wayne and welcome to Freedom Island. I can't hear We live in a secluded cove. I can't even hear Liam if he's talking. Could you hear him? He's, he's not talking. Oh, okay. No, I'm listening. Okay, a floating island. I'm sorry. In I was, our home is floating. I was distracted. We are tied to shore with lines. We are not anchored. So they're just completely tied to this house. little island. We on. have the dance floor, the lighthouse building, four greenhouses. As I started to grow the garden and make it larger, then we had to have more space for that garden. Everything's done with a handsaw and hammer. No power tools. What I know heck? every board and nail by name. <laughs> it's about 500 tons. A million pounds. 500 pounds. I've been building tree forts since I was Not seven. 500 pounds. Tons. 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 I know my <laughs> units. I'm an engineer. All right. I think that's, that's, the, that's the purpose of the video we had to get across. But obviously those people are a little bit crazy because they did that all with like a saw and a hammer and they didn't use power tools because they're weird but i mean wouldn't that be kind of sick to just live on like your own island that you made yourself well what did they make that out of just probably wood and other materials they, they, they just said they made is, it by is hand. it on an island or is it no, literally no, all a no, platform it's all like a boat essentially that they made like a giant oh, wow. platform and they just tied it to shore using lines that's it <laughs> Why would you even? I wonder why. That's awesome. What's the perks of doing that? Have you seen the hydroponics thing, by the way? Like what hydroponics is? I don't know. What I was is... thinking maybe that would be a reason why. You, like, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's like a combination of keeping fish and growing things, like growing plants and and vegetables and stuff like that. And ooh. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> you just made a weird sound on the thing. Oh, okay, my bad. Um, but Hydro Hydroponics is a type of horticulture and a subset of hydroculture, which is a method of growing plants, usually crops, without soil, 
by using mineral nutrient solutions and an oh, aqueous so it's, solvent. It's just like literally in a liquid. Yeah, but I thought it also incorporated like fertilizing the water with the fish poop, like having fish in the water. And oh, so they yeah. add to the minerals yeah. at the exactly. Okay, interesting. The, the nutrients used come from many different sources, including fish excrement, duck manure, <laughs> duck manure. <laughs> So, so what's Purchase stopping chemical me? Chemical fertilizers are artificial nutrient solutions. So, what's stopping me from making basically what they just made, just like a floating island, and just saying, "Screw it, I'm not even gonna tie it down to shore, and I'm just gonna make." I'm out. I'm just gonna make my plants through the use of hydroponics and not need any soil. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you if that if that failed, you'd be screwed. Like in, big, in some big trouble, <laughs> floating, <laughs> floating in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, out in the ocean with a raft of trash, basically. <laughs> That'd be pretty sick. I would do it. Um, that also reminds me of. Uh, I keep thinking of all this random stuff. That uh, I don't know what it's called, but basically, it's like people will take jars and plant plants in them mm-hmm. with little bugs, not little bugs, uh, but they'll plant plants like in soil and then squirt water in there but then seal it permanently permanently and it'll basically create its own little ecosystem where everything because nothing ever exits so it's all it's a closed system then Mm -hmm. and and one guy oh i'd have to look this up but one guy kept one for like 40 years like something absurd like a super long time and he open only opened it one other time to squirt water in there isn't that crazy? And it was like good, like it was working. Yeah, it was. It was. You can look it up right now. It was like a. I mean, people listening wouldn't be able to see it, but I mean, it was like a glass orb, oh, like the size of a basketball, uh, with like, like one quarter of the way filled with dirt, one quarter of the way filled with dirt. It looked like, <laughs> and with like the rest filled with plants, like the whole thing was plants, because the plant had just grown and grown and grown and like. And just filled the entire jar. Interesting. That's kind of crazy. Mm. Yeah, it really huh. was crazy. Okay, so what was that from? That video of them? Uh, I think it was rack? just like a BuzzFeed video. I don't remember where I found it. But I just thought it would be so cool to live a life like that. Just for like a time, not permanently. But to just kind of be like, oh, what are you doing for vacation this year? It's like, oh, I'm just going to go live on my island, you know, for like a, a month. <laughs> Yeah, just kind of float around my trash island that I made with my wife. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that'd be sick. Okay, well that's that's my first thing. I hope y'all, I hope I expanded y'all's creativity a little bit of it, just in life <laughs> in general. That was a good starter. <laughs> Sweet. Right. Uh, Liam, do you want to go next? Sure. Okay. Sweet. So earlier today, my sister, my older sister, sent me a text with a podcast link called okay. "I Spy." And so the podcast is I Spy, and the episode is The Narc. So I Spy, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so I Spy, I think, is a series of videos where they have like former intelligence officers come on and talk about stuff. Oh, but this okay. particular episode, The Narc, um, was a DEA, DEA agent. And so it's the DEA agent, Steve Murphy from Narcos. So Narcos is based on oh. Steve Murphy and Javier Pena. Oh, wow. Um, and so both of them actually came and spoke 
where I work, uh, did like a two hour talk for us. Oh my and gosh. So like, uh, when she sent me that text, it just like got my memory flowing. I was remembering like all the crazy stuff they told us. Okay. And so just thinking about Pablo Escobar and, and Narcos. Uh, so at his peak, Pablo Escobar was responsible for 80% of the world's cocaine. Oh, my God. 80% of the entire world's cocaine originated from Escobar. Imagine what that does to a man's ego. Just like... Oh, yeah. That's insane. Like, the Uh, amount of power that is, too. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) No, absolutely. Um, And so, speaking about that ego, he himself, as an individual... Declared war on Colombia twice. Oh my gosh. Did he win? And was, <laughs> Did he win? <laughs> I mean. So he kind of won in that the so before the second time he declared war. So he declared war the first time, and then there was lots of public backlash and all kinds of stuff happened. Mm-hmm. And so he negotiated a prison sentence with the Colombian government. And what he negotiated was his own private facility overlooking the capital up in the mountains. And so he built his own prison and had his own guards and was flying people in and out, but essentially built his own prison. So it was basically like house arrest, basically. It was house arrest, but he was still... He was still in charge of whatever went on. Exactly. Still (laughs) calling all the shots responsible for still the Medellin cartel. Um. That is insane. And then, absolutely unbelievable. And like the craziest story that Steve told us when he was there, mm-hmm. again, thinking about his ego and like what that does to a guy to be, you know, worth that much money in that kind of a society. So typically here in America, when we throw like uh, backyard parties with neighbors and stuff like that, and we're grilling stuff out, sure. it's usually like an afternoon thing. Right. Yeah. We, we, we grill out hamburgers and have beer and that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. For Pablo Escobar and his circle, a backyard party slash, you know, grill out is a week long. So um, there was one time Pablo Escobar threw a week long grill out uh, somewhere in Colombia. I forget exactly where. And he invited all of his associates and a bunch of people to come down. And so for seven straight days, they partied and like, I mean, grilled hot dogs, everything. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, just there's pigs, like a kilo, kilo of cocaine, kilo of cocaine per person for the entire week. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Jeez. They were bringing in, you know, all kinds of debauchery and everything was going on there for seven days straight. Sure. Yeah. And so Javier Pena, who is the Latino guy in the, in the pair. He had an informant who was hired to go to the party because Pablo Escobar hired a bunch of like servants um, to serve and, you know, take care of, clean up that kind of thing. And so one of his informants was hired to go there. And his informant told him afterwards um, that on the sixth day of the party, someone came up to Pablo Escobar and told him that one of the servers was stealing silverware from him. Okay. And so he's worth, you know, 30 plus billion dollars at this point. Yeah. 
he shouldn't care about silverware, right? Exactly. It's worth almost nothing. And what did he do to the servant? He gathers everybody around, duct tapes the guy's hands behind his back, duct yep. tapes his feet together, and then walks him over to the pool and kicks him in. Oh, and so the entertainment for the next 10 minutes is for them all to sit around and watch this guy drown. God. And that was just the kind of guy Pablo Escobar was. Oh my but. goodness. Wow. I, I'm sorry, yeah. but after you told me the, was it kilo of cocaine? Uh, <laughs> Per person, I'm just imagining like Pablo Escobar when his kids were like seven or eight having birthday parties and like their friends came <laughs> over, like when they were leaving as like party favors, they just hand them like a pack of Booty cocaine. Of <laughs> oh my that took a sharp turn from uh, Trash Island. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> did. But that's crazy. That is actually crazy. Yeah, that really is crazy. I can't believe 30 billion. Uh, 30, he had a net worth of 30 billion. Is he still alive? Yeah, he died apparently. And then what were you saying? Yeah, so Steve Murphy and Javier Pena were the DEA agents assigned and were stationed in Colombia throughout this whole thing. And so Pablo Escobar eventually died in like 82 or 83. Okay. So he's been dead for a while. But uh, supposedly you can still like go around Colombia and if you get lucky, you can find where Pablo Escobar buried millions and millions of dollars because... He had literally so much money that he was burying money because he didn't have anything to do with it. That is absurd. All right, boys, we're going on a road trip to Colombia. <laughs> we're going to find this millions money. of bucks. Oh my, that's actually insane. You talking about the uh, the war on Colombia made me think of uh, yeah. Made me think of um, what was that story of um. Like how Australia declared war on like a bunch of ostriches or something. <laughs> oh, do you remember what? that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Liam? That sounds very familiar. No, it sounds very familiar. Hold on, I need was to. Was it down. ostriches or like kangaroos? I thought it was both. I thought maybe New Zealand. Hold on, I gotta look this up. I think it was. Uh. So wait, you're saying that? Yeah, Google. Uh, Google Australia declares war on ostriches. Oh, it was emus. It wasn't ostriches. And they lost. (laughs) The great (laughs) emu war of 1932. The the machine gunner's dreams of point-blank fire into (laughs) serried masses of emus were soon dissipated. (laughs) (laughs) Google Google says people also ask, did Australia lose a war against emus? (laughs) Well, because apparently they did lose. Because uh, I can't remember what. Oh, the emu population persisted and continued to cause crop uh, destruction. But they uh, they basically just tried to like gun them all down, like find them and just kill them all, and uh, it didn't work. Listen, listen to this quote: "There's only one way to kill an emu." (laughs) One veteran of the bizarre conflict remarked to the Herald: "Shoot him through the back of the head when his mouth is closed, or through the front of his mouth when his mouth is open." That's how hard it is. <laughs> <laughs> He's bur- <laughs> they scroll down. And it's just a bunch of pictures of emus just emus standing around. The tanks. They're the tanks of uh, of the natural world. Oh my gosh! But uh, okay, so Pablo Escobar. He was crazy. He buried a lot. He millions of dollars everywhere, all over Colombia. And that was pretty much it. Yep. 
Yeah, that was pretty much it. The that... podcast is I Spy episode is the Narc. If okay. you want like a thirty minute, thirty minute brief uh, talk with Steve Murphy, who's the white guy in Narcos. Okay, might have to check that out. That's pretty gotcha. cool. Yeah, that is really interesting. Not gonna mess with any of Pablo Escobar's family ever in my life or anything <laughs> associated with him. <laughs> so I Spy is just about it's just about that kind of thing, pretty much. Like yeah, I think it's general like intelligence stories from the past and it's like declassified intelligence stories right yeah very cool all right hunter what you got okay this i think i was so excited about this stuff these two topics that i know i believe i told jonathan actually this already okay one of them but i'm gonna share the other one okay so i mean you can share both but I will. I'll share them both. But okay. um, so basically, the other day, okay, I was just on YouTube, and I found this video, and it says Stella's angry or Stella's mad or something like that. Yes. Okay. That three million views one. Yeah. Let's see. This. This is crazy. So, so for the audio listeners, there's a dog that's just kind of looking like. He's walking around and he just pressed a button and then it said mad. My jaw honestly dropped whenever I saw this for the first time. It was like, it was probably like two in the morning. Yeah. So basically, this woman named Christina Hunger, who is a speech pathologist, has begun training her dog, Stella, to communicate by pressing buttons on the ground Mm -hmm. there's like three dozen buttons yeah on the ground and they all have a different word attached to them so one says mad one says outside one says eat one says Stella. one says mom dad that kind of thing and her youtube channel is hunger for words all one word lowercase okay and this i mean it's like astounding like there's the the combinations that they'll use for this mm-hmm. a lot of people have been saying like uh, oh it's it's not like true communication like they're not really communicating but i don't know man i mean there's also a, a dog named bunny on youtube and bunny bunny's owner has been um doing the same thing like using buttons on the ground to have bunny communicate oh and like at one point bunny says who's that she like presses the button for who or something like that and then looks in the mirror bunny presses the bunny it looks like bunny the dog is looking in the mirror (laughs) okay then presses the button who or something like that and then looks back in the mirror and her mom's filming this Uh and is like that's bunny and you have to wonder if the dog like if it's actually like somehow by using these buttons and like able to communicate in this more advanced way, if it's having some sort of influence on the way these dogs think. Right. Like if it's expanding like almost like their psychology of like how they even think or approach things yeah, or understand exactly. things. Exactly. Okay. So if somehow like over repetition, repetition and having these different situations and having more complex buttons. I mean, at first it could just be who, and mm-hmm. then who means 
person in their brain or something like that. Like they see a person and they they say who or something like that. Yeah. And that could have like who could have a wider range of meanings than like person, noise. If they hear noise, they press who or something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. But then it becomes more and more specific as you have more and more buttons and different situations arise where you're able to use a different, a new combination of buttons until eventually they understand a more nuanced definition of who, the word who. And they can even, I don't know, maybe they can even apply it to themselves in some sense mm. or something like that. Yeah. Or like look in the mirror, they see a dog, they say, who's that? And they're like, that's you. <laughs> and they're like, oh, crap. I'm me. So, yeah. So then they know, oh, when I look in a mirror, that's me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think, I mean, me, I know nothing about neuroscience or anything about the human brain versus animal brains and how they function, like what their capacity for understanding things about the world is. Mm-hmm. But like inside me, I, I want to be like, we need to do this and see how far we can do this. Like how far we can get a... <laughs> get a dog to like understand the world you know yeah but i don't know i mean they they say that there's three levels of consciousness that one level isn't really consciousness at all it's like it's like the consciousness of like a germ like a germ has input and then through a chain reaction you get an output and it pull like you poke a germ that releases chemicals which trigger the germ to like pull its pseudopod away from the from the stimulus then you could have the second level of consciousness which which could be um basically that animals or or whatever interact with things in the same way that we do but they interact with them in like a two-dimensional way like they don't have a concept of me Mm -hmm. so they feel pain and they see the world around them but and i'm kind of being like overtly metaphorical here but it it's kind of like flattened because they don't they're not able to understand that i am in pain yeah they just experience it almost directly but like a human a human experiences pain and whether they realize it or not there's like a complex understanding of what's going on Mm -hmm. but animals don't maybe you don't have that com- complexity yeah it's it's almost like i mean when you train a dog it's like when you say the word sit you want them to be able to sit and they they like they react to things just naturally mm-hmm. and so it takes time for you to like train them to be like okay sit means like put my bottom on the ground so that like versus like a human like if i told you like sit you'd be like in the chair like on the ground like why do you want me to sit yeah i don't want to sit you know it's like i guess you're saying it's a lot more like more options than that and even like yeah and you could even say with the dog they might not mean that they might not know i mean that the word sit like that noise Mm -hmm. means put my butt on the ground they can't actually like define what the word sit means like the essence of it basically. They, yeah they might just know that whenever i hear this noise and i put my butt on the ground i get food so i'm gonna do it true yeah they just they associate good things happen when i sit yeah whenever when i'm I sit. around my owner yeah, yeah exactly yeah it like totally blew my mind i mean just the fact that a dog i mean in the video you maybe couldn't hear it but in the video she's kind of barking and stuff and she seems kind of irritated mm-hmm. and the owner says 
what's wrong? Like, what's wrong, Stella? And Stella, the dog, of her own accord, walks over <laughs> to this mat with all these buttons on the ground and yeah. presses a button, and the button goes, mad. And I was like, what the heck? It's and a like, little, yeah, it's a little scary when you see a dog be able to pr- hear a question, process its emotions, and then make a choice to, like, express something to you. That's kind of crazy. It is. Yeah. It's pretty wild. I was just going to say that uh, the three levels of consciousness that she talked about, I don't know where that's pulled from, but it sounds ident- It sounds suspiciously similar to Aristotle and Aquinas' view of the soul. So their view of the soul is that the soul, too, has three levels, where the bottom level is the vegetative soul, which I think and corresponds with what she was saying in terms of like the chemical reactions. The second level of the soul is the animal soul, which corresponds to what you're talking about with animals and like instinct and doing things instinctually. Mm-hmm. And then the third level is the rational soul. So you have the vegetative animal and rational soul. And the rational soul is what distinguishes and makes humanity unique. And precisely what the rational soul is is the ability to abstract and conceptualize. So the animal, like a dog, can look at the particular tree and all the dog sees is the particular. So the dog sees the tree, but does not abstract the particular of the tree into a universal, like a universal idea of tree, like we would. And so like we, we can abstract and think about tree apart from any particular tree. I don't have to be looking at a tree to understand what a tree is. Mm-hmm. And I can look at one tree and then look at another tree and identify that these two share some common essence. Um, right. So that it was just interesting that she talked about the three levels of consciousness because it, it sounds just like Aristotle and Aquinas yeah. in that respect. Yeah, I don't so, know if that's like a, I don't know if you pulled that from like modern neuroscience or something, but it's just interesting that it corresponds. No, I actually heard it from a, a podcast uh, back whenever I listen, used to listen to a lot of William Lane Craig. He was answering the question, the problem of suffering, but on like a broad scale, like animals and stuff like that. Because at the time I was in a philosophy class and the professor was basically saying like, you know, you have a forest fire. Um, or okay, let's even make it more localized. You have a baby fawn who's scampering through the woods and is struck by lightning and slowly burns and crumples basically to death in a painful way. What what's the purpose of that? Like what point is that? Nobody is around to see that. And um and it doesn't seem like it's interacting with anything else. And at the mm-hmm. time, my immediate thought was, well, who's to say animals even experience anything in the same way that we do? Because mm-hmm. human beings, you know, we have these subjective experiences of like, yes, the light rays from this red poster are hitting my eyeballs and causing a chain reaction so that my brain... Uh, does certain things but that's different from the color red you know what i mean and so who's to say that the lights are even on so to speak for like a deer and 
I think I was looking that up for that class and, and just stumbled upon that. And it just always really stuck with me because at first I didn't really get it because I was like, that, I mean, kind of what you were saying, the way that uh, you kind of explained it, Liam, I felt like it was a lot more clear because mm-hmm. uh, it's the idea of like abstract, like like a dog maybe knows that in every tree there's a squirrel. So whenever a dog walks by a tree, he might jump up on it or something like that. And at first I was thinking, well, that kind of seems like it's an, it's like a generalization but it's different from a generalization. It's like, what is the essence of a tree? Right. Basically. And I think that makes a lot of sense. But that's just, yeah, to answer your question, that's, that's where I heard that. So. Yeah, I think, I think gotcha. the most interesting thing about that video to me is that, because you, you kind of talk about the, the three levels, I guess, of the soul or consciousness or whatever, and that the second is, I think you said animal, Liam. And yeah. And then the third is like being able to abstract and almost like conceptualize things in a way, I guess. But it there's such like a big jump there from going from animal instinct to like abstraction that when I watched that video of the dog, I'm like, is there like a big blurred line in between that? That like maybe that because when I watch that video, you're like, that's not just like natural animal instinct. That's like what I think in my head. Like there's something special going on. That's why it's like a crazy video. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess the real question is like how close is that dog to abstraction or is the dog not close at all? Like, is it just merely impossible? I guess that's like the thing that makes my brain yeah. like really interested in that video. So like, uh, like I think, uh, Atomos would respond that learned mm-hmm. behavior is not evidence of abstraction. So that a dog can learn behavior and learn new things. Um, and even, even solve problems does not necessarily constitute what it means to be able to abstract. Um, to think like to think does not mean you're rational. Right, right. right. Abstracting is like a very. I think it's a very uh, a very clear line. So I think there are many behaviors that we can see that we can ascribe um, you know, varying levels of like intelligence to. So like a dog can learn things that uh, you know, some other lower animal cannot. Sure. Um, but I think there's a very clear line jumping from the animal to abstract. Okay. So I guess the question is then, just out of curiosity, is like what would it take for an anim- animal to do that, you, that you, somebody would say, okay, they can abstract, I guess? I think sort of the the consensus among Thomism is that language is really that that criteria, okay. and, and not language in the sense of an animal makes a sound that corresponds with something, right? But rather language in the sense of nouns and pronouns and verbs and adjectives and like complex language. Not just symbols and not just utterances that refer to something, but because that itself is is again, not evidence or constitutive of being able to abstract anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I see a glass and I make a certain sound when I see glass, that is not evidence that, that I'm abstracting the glass into a universal. 
and it have this universal of us yeah. in my in my intellect. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, Stella the dog, if you start speaking English, then maybe <laughs> we'll, well, maybe we'll count you as an abstracting a uh, soul or yeah. conscious. Um, and then, very yeah. briefly, mm -hmm. um, just thinking about like the doe who gets struck by lightning and why does that happen or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I think, at least in uh, like scholasticism. You would distinguish between natural evil and moral evil. And so I think when we're thinking about like bad stuff, I think we're really thinking about moral evil and we have to distinguish it from the natural evil mm -hmm. because it is proper to the rational soul um, that makes one a moral agent. So mother nature, quote unquote, and a doe, are not moral agents and do not commit moral evil, if that makes sense. Okay. Mor morality is really reserved to these higher beings like ourselves and angels, essentially. But yeah, things with okay. rational souls. Okay. And then also just very thinking about like the vegetative animal rational soul. Um, all three of these are, it's not like uh, we have a rational soul and don't have an animal soul. We have all three. So like plants have a vegetative soul. Animals have both, like a dog has both vegetative and an animal soul. And then we have vegetative and an animal soul and a rational soul. But it's not, it's not distinct from one another. It's just like sort of like an adding on. Oh, is it um, a little bit more like, would it be... Um more accurate to say like it's kind of like properties like the properties of a of a soul yes okay um they are separable in a sense though so for example in scholasticism and in classical theism it is actually just the rational soul that persists through death the animal and vegetative souls do not persist through death which is why which is why it is said that those who possess a rational soul, like humans, um, have an immortal soul. We, we persist through death in, in some respect, mm -hmm. um, as animals without a rational soul do not. And it's because we uniquely have an intellect and a will. Mm -hmm. hmm. um, in regards to what you were saying about the, um, the doe in the field, I guess I'm still mm -hmm. kind of stumped on that because... Like, for instance, like, we stop people who torture animals, right? Yeah. And so, and so I guess maybe, like, the parallel I'm drawing is, like, we stop people who torture animals. So, there seems to be some moral aspect to, like, the suffering of an animal. 100%. So, there is a, and this sounds like, so, Thomism is definitely not... And scholasticism and classical theism is definitely not um, perfectly in line with like really radical animal rights activists mm -hmm. that want to ascribe uh, rights and oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all that stuff to animals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not that the Thomism. It's not that the Thomist or the scholastic or classical theist thinks it's okay that you can be cruel to animals. That's objectively morally wrong mm -hmm. to be cruel to animals 
However, it is to be understood with respect to the human involved, not with respect to the animal. So when an individual is being cruel towards an animal, there is not a sense in which th th that does not make the animal a moral agent, right? The, the human is still the moral agent in that agreement. Right. And it is wrong for the human to be cruel. It is objectively morally wrong, but it's grounded in our being moral agents, not animals being moral agents. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I think I see what you're, what you're saying. And I wasn't, I hope I didn't come off as like, why do you think torturing animals is okay, Liam? Or something like <laughs> not, that. It's, okay. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. I love animals, but there is a there is a there is a difference to be found in um, animal rights activists and scholasticism and Thomism and that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So it, it's not like an unfounded difference, right? But scholastics and Thomists do not advocate for cruelty or, or are not even okay with cruelty because it is objectively morally wrong. I don't mean to derail this whole thing, but um, Liam, whenever you were talking about like or whenever we were talking about like abstraction, my leg is totally asleep right now. So if I'm like, if my voice sounds funny, it's because I'm in extreme pain. But, but, um, is it easier if you sit on that? No, 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 no. It was because it was crossed. My legs were crossed uh, a second ago. But, um, whenever you were, we were talking about abstraction, it made me think of, and, uh, like you majored in computer science with a, a minor in mathematics. Was that right? Double majored. A double major. Don't sleep okay. on them. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, and so, <laughs> so got you so it made me think of uh, it made me think of that the argument for god's existence from mathematics and uh i don't know if you've heard anything about this or like looked into that at all but it's kind of for me it's kind of controversial because i can definitely see where people are coming from on both sides and i wasn't sure if you've like looked at it at all or anything like that or if you have any thoughts on it but it just occurred to me. I was just wondering if you... Uh... Can you say it? Because I don't, I don't think I'm familiar. Yeah, well, basically it's... Wait, wait. Oh, go ahead. If, if, uh, if Jonathan's okay with us derailing the conversation. No, I mean, that's fine. If, if I don't like it, I'll just cut it out. You know? Okay, yeah. <laughs> just edit it out. I think this podcast is basically about rambling. No, that's honestly. the whole point. That's why we yeah. started it. Uh, maybe we should call it Ramblers or something like that. <laughs> just a few ramblers. <laughs> rambling. But basically... So I think I, I'm probably going to butcher this, but I think the argument basically goes, you can describe the world in mathematical terms. So you have this abstract world of mathematical principles, and yet for some reason, the physical world seems to correspond with that to an amazing degree. Oh, you mentioned this. Yeah. And some people would say, well, there you go. Like, that's evidence for God, because the mathematical world all the constants and all that stuff well even more just so the way math represents it i guess well even more so like if if the universe did not exist at all there was nothing sure. two plus two would still equal four right right Maybe. it's a priori okay. knowledge not a posteriori knowledge yeah well that guy said whatever those <laughs> words meant <laughs> so so the idea would be well the reason why two plus two equals four is because it's located within the mind of God and he created the world and he created a world in which that principle is expressed 
So like if I have two objects in one hand and two objects in the other and I put them together, I have four objects. And it just goes and goes and goes. Mm -hmm. And and I find that pretty compelling, but I think the 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 person who disagrees with that would say, well, there's a lot of ways that the world, the physical world, doesn't correspond. Uh, and I can't think of it. Like right it doesn't now. exactly coincide with how math works. Yeah, like, and especially I think I mean, look, I'm butchering this, so take this with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But I think that they would point to something like quantum mechanics, how there's like some degree of uh, randomness or something like that, or it seems like there's some degree of randomness, and um, yeah. And they'd basically kind of go, I'm not sure what they would say, but I bas- I think it basically boils down to it doesn't always, like there are a lot of mathematical principles that are like totally bonkers and like insane, you know yeah. what I mean, that couldn't exist in the real world. And, and there's a lot of times whenever there seems to be some degree of chaos or something like that. And, and again, I'm totally, totally butchering that because I, that sort of doesn't make a lot of sense in my in my mind, because I was, I'm kind of thinking, what part of the universe doesn't line up with mathematics? Because then it seems like it would just be like illogical, basically. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what they would say. And so, yeah, I don't mean to derail us. I was more curious about if you'd heard anything about it, Liam, or thought about it or anything like that. Um, or if Aquinas has touched. So I guess. <laughs> So I guess my thoughts are that it's probably, I mean, it's true. I'd say the argument is true in the sense that God is the source of all reality is capital T truth, right? And so all truth is like finite participate, finite participations in the infinite truth of God. So like that two plus two equals four is found in the divine mind. I think is true. And I think is, you know, I think it does point to God. Um, so Aquinas and so Thomism and scholasticism would deny that God can be known a priori. So what I, what I said before, a priori and a posteriori. So a priori mm-hmm. refers to knowledge that um, precedes experience. Or is, you know, you don't need to have experienced anything to under to to know that something is true. So that two plus two equals four is a priori knowledge. I don't have to have experienced the world at all for that to be true, and for and for my mind to arrive at that truth. Um, but that the world exists outside of myself. That I have a glass of bourbon and a glass of water in front of me. These mm-hmm. are, these are examples of a posteriori knowledge um this is knowledge that is derived from experience gotcha so yeah so thomism and classicism would say that knowledge of god's existence is a posteriori so it's known through experience um because i i guess like uh if i was going to play devil's advocate um and i was gonna suggest that god god's existence could be known a priori it could be one of those things where um, you say, well, and, and I'm assuming, like, uh, here I'm assuming a platonic conception of man where, like, mind and body are separate. And so we're thinking about, like, the 
like the primacy of the mind, like Descartes, you know, I think therefore I am. Mm -hmm. I think someone could just simply say that um, I've thought it in my mind, you know, I know that two plus two equals four in my mind, but that does not mean that, um, you know, it, why, why, why can't I be God in a sense, right? Why, why, why can't this two plus two equals four just be something um, be found just in my mind because I am God, and right, the world is a fabrication of my oh, mind, okay. right? Mm -hmm. like, um, like you're imagining, which it? of course, like, or it's really real. Well, so like the whole Descartes thing, I think uh, that's why I am is like. It's talking about like the primacy of the mind and like the only right. thing you can know 100% without a doubt is that you exist. Mm -hmm. And so a priori, if the only thing that I can know is that I exist. And you could say that you're then, just making up all of this and all the, all the math. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. Then I, I think those, those truths, I think you could just say, well, they're found in my mind and I am God kind of interesting. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's actually a good rebuttal, but I think I think fundamentally the idea is true that it's found in gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and it, you know, it'd be kind of boring to be like, I think, therefore I am, and then just leave it there anyways. There's no real yeah. Hope it's a in super that. sad, super sad world yeah. outlook, and it's something that so to say, I think, therefore I am, and the mind is the most, uh, and the mind is like the most fundamental thing. Right. Is definitely counter to Thomism and scholasticism, which identifies first and foremost, or I, I would say it assumes an Aristotelian form of man where mind and body are inseparable. Mm -hmm. And so for Aristotle, the most fundamental truth is not that my mind exists, but rather that being exists. So mm -hmm. I exist and I exist in a world of beings. And so that's why, and I was talking to you about this, Jonathan, that's why all philosophical inquiry proceeds from being and proceeds right. from trying to understand being because it assumes that is this most fundamental truth that I as a being exist and that I am in a, I, I live in a reality with other beings. Right. You're not, you're not the only which necessary is, being like, which is what right. the other one would be. Yeah. Which is very different than modernism starting mm -hmm. with Descartes, because I think therefore I am says that my mind is the most fundamental and then proceeding from my mind, you have varying, you have increasing levels of skepticism about anything else Very outside true, of your yeah. mind. Okay, interesting. Well, and we... of course, that skepticism uh, leads to you either led to because the separability of mind and body, you're either led to dualism or you're led to like a materialism. Right. And of course, materialism, I think, is pretty naturally atheist. Mm -hmm. And I don't think dualism works. Well, I should say most philosophers don't think dualism works. So if you're starting with a modern conception like that with Descartes, then I think it's no surprise that a lot of modern philosophers are atheists because I, and I think that's the only real way to go from there. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Never well, thought about that. What were you going to say, Jonathan? No, I was just going to say we went from a talking about a puppy pressing buttons to a very deep philosophical discussion <laughs> about existence Dude, and that's being. That's what I, I think this podcast, that's what I was, that's what I love about it. I just want to just ramble. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's why we did it. That's like. Yeah.
I do think that it's I do think the ma argument for mathematics is more on the weaker side of arguments for God's existence and like along with I think it's I think it kind of goes with like it doesn't really like show that God exists but I think it's like if God existed we ex we would expect the world to be like this it definitely and complies. it is yeah, yeah. so that kind of adds it's kind of like with the whole embodied souls or or I mean something like that yeah I think you're right, and I think that's maybe what I'm trying to say. Why I think that's maybe what I'm trying to say by saying that I think it's true. So I think it's true, but I don't know if it's a good argument for God's existence. Mm -hmm. And my brother, if you ask my brother, my brother would say that he doesn't think any argument uh, in a vacuum is a good argument for God's existence. Mm -hmm. So that's very my fair. brother, and, and I have to agree with him. You know, even like the Aquinas' five ways or any argument just considered in a vacuum is kind of comes across as just kind of like a gotcha argument mm -hmm. in a way. It's like, here's a trick, a, a way of thinking about things. Right. And it concludes with the existence of this thing that we call God. Mm -hmm. I, I think many of the arguments are true, but my brother would say that the arguments should be grounded and, um, and looked at within the context of a broader worldview and broader philosophy. And so like apparent in Thomism or Scholasticism, for example, is the existence of God. Mm. But the arguments for the existence of God should not necessarily stand apart as just kind of a standalone gotcha argument. Yeah. I'm not saying that the arguments are not good mm -hmm. or true or right, but I think um, that an individual with lots of competing presuppositions is not going to look at a standalone argument without the surrounding context of the philosophical worldview and actually be convinced or change their mind. Yeah, and I think that's even a good thing is that you should ask those grounding questions initially and it yeah. makes everything a lot clearer further on rather than saying some big statement and then decomposing it down to the smallest thing and you, and then you're like oh well we dis we disagree on this so where do we go from here yeah you know? so you're basically yeah, saying that like if you're wanting to convince somebody you need to like show them this whole worldview not just these little snippets of like yeah okay like i i think like the so again like most of my knowledge is Thomism and classicism so i just keep on referring to those yeah but <laughs> I think talking about those, I think you fundamentally start with, like I mentioned before, being, and you proceed from being, mm -hmm. and, you, and you show why this philosophical worldview and all these ways of understanding being is a good way of understanding the world and how it corresponds with what we expect and how it makes sense. And then the existence of God is just kind of entailed in the worldview, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's it's just sort of a, another aspect of this comprehensive worldview that as a whole makes sense. And so if if it as a whole makes sense, then the existence of God is undeniable. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I guess it's time to move on to the next. Do you want okay. to share what yours was? Sweet. Um, By the way, uh, if either one of y'all want to cut it off whenever i could go all night i could go for hours, yeah yeah I mean, but just we'll wing don't it. be afraid that yeah okay we'll wing it sweet um okay i have only two more things that i'm gonna do 
So this first one is it's gonna be pretty quick. Uh, this is, and I may I don't think I've mentioned it to y'all, which is good. Is this the crazy one? This I mean it's crazy, but it's not like the one I'm excited for. Got it. Um, this is just a I don't want to say philosophy. This is something that I, in my mind, just am just kind of like you know what. I think I'm right about this, and I have no grounding for it. Okay. There is okay. no objective basis for this whatsoever. I just think I'm right about it. Okay. Um, I am pretty decently convinced that if I know somebody, know their personality, I can determine whether they prefer thick or thin crust pizza. <laughs> okay. Oh man, I am... we gotta put it to the test. Yeah. Okay. So real. here we go. I I thought about this before because I knew you guys were gonna ask. I. I'm almost like 99% sure that Liam prefers thin crust, and I'm probably like 70% sure that Hunter prefers thick crust. I, that's true about me. Leo? I, I do prefer thin crust. And there we go, baby! What is your, what is your criteria? I think, so that's, that's the other question that I was thinking in my head, because I was like, it's, initially it was more just like a feeling thing, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, <laughs> Which is obviously the least the, the least <laughs> objective thing ever. Maybe this isn't a philosophy thing. Maybe you're just psychic. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? But just specifically just with pizza crust. <laughs> the, the type of pizza crust that you like. Um, I think, in general, somebody that views food as more of utility or they just really are a sucker for, like, meatier, greasier foods, they... Will probably prefer thick crust. Okay. Um, and then you have the crackheads that like sh- like Chicago deep dish that is just like you're just <laughs> eating soup. But yeah. uh, but then thin crust is maybe people that um don't eat pizza a lot probably. Um, but when they get the chance, they prefer it to be almost like a finer thing. Like they don't just treat it as like oh I'm just gonna order like Papa John's or something. It's like if they got pizza, they'd probably want it to be somewhat decent. Uh, maybe spend a little bit more money on it. So it's almost like finer things versus like a barbaric, like, I want pizza. Oh, yeah. So you're saying that thick crust people oh. just kind of blindly shovel pizza into their mouths. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And just hot dogs and burgers and just, <laughs> just a real American. of lard. Just a real American. What are you going to say, Liam? What, what I'm hearing is that I'm an English nobleman and Hunter's a <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. That is like the extremist viewpoint of what I'm getting right now. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, I'm two for two. I, 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 maybe I should send a poll to all the people that I understand their personalities and then line it up against what I like initially thought and then run some statistical tests on you it. You should do that. Yeah. That'd be really interesting. We'll see. Dude, that could be the conspiracy theory that you It would be a good conspiracy theory for <laughs> a podcast. Yeah. By the way, do you want to hear where I got on that? What where'd you get? So this is kind of derailing this a little bit. I mean mine was over so Okay. I don't know if people remember, but we were thinking about making or Liam, I don't know if we told you this, but we were thinking about making this podcast be people send in like their own made up conspiracy theories. Oh yeah, and then uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that from last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll yeah. probably try it at some point. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tried it a little bit with okay. the Henry thing, and the closest I got was like I came up with a lot of stuff, but it's hard. Yeah, I, it's really hard, and I couldn't find Henrys that were like because mine, mine that was given to me was all people named Henry are addicted to peanut butter, and yeah. 
So I was brainstorming. I was like, how the heck am I going to do this? Well, Henry. I'm just imagining Hunter at, at his apartment with like a bunch of pictures of Henry's on the wall with like tacks and strings going between them. And he's <laughs> yeah. just like on the ground. Henry! <laughs> yeah. Just like that one guy. What is that scene from It's Always Sunny where he's like standing in front of the wall with the. You know what I'm talking about? No. Nope. Okay. Well, people who are listening to this. Okay. Uh, but Henry. Okay. Is hold on, I gotta look this up. Henry is basically the root of it. Um, uh, comes from like the, the etymology of it. Mm-hmm. Comes from uh a, a language or I can't. I think it was. Oh, here we go. Henry. So I'm reading this straight off of Wikipedia. Henry is a masculine given name derived from Old French Henry with an I slash and then Henry normally. I don't know why they did that. Itself derived from the Old Frankish name Heimrich from Common Germanic. I'm going to try to pronounce this in a German way. Okay. Heimrichs. <laughs> I think you nailed it. <laughs> from Heima, which means home, and Rick, which means ruler. Okay. So the ruler of home. Sure. I think you have to say that with more phlegm, Hunter. <laughs> like, like, like there's more fun than I could throw yeah there yeah there you go much better <laughs> like, just the spike on the audio recording might need to edit that one out uh but some other people were saying but so it's home ruler or ruler of the home but some people were saying it could be translated as ruler of the enclosure okay peanuts Wait, you can't just say peanuts. ruler of the enclosure and then say peanuts on, and then expect me to just understand. Hold on. Peanuts. <laughs> I mean, a peanut is enclosed. It's enclosed in a case. Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah. Well, if you're the ruler of the home, I mean, this comes from uh, old Germanic. And back in those days, if you're wanting to be masculine, you have to exert yourself with power. Okay. And you're conquering. Yeah. So they're wanting to conquer these peanuts. They're they're the rulers of these enclosures, and they're wanting to crush them. Okay. What better way to conquer an enclosure than to crush it up into a paste and eat it? And eat it. Yeah. Now there you go. So Henry. And but there's another way that you could do. But then it's like that was just that was just your first hypothesis. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's the first layer. The second layer. The oh, second layer, so it's layered. The second layer is, so the name Henry. Okay. But then you have to somehow get that to change people's personalities to where they're addicted to peanut butter. <laughs> but this isn't that hard. Yeah, it's an addiction. It's not, yeah, yeah. This isn't that hard because. Naturally, it's not that hard. Because um, there's a lot of philosophies out there that propose that people's personalities are influenced by what their names are. Okay. And you can even see that. You can look at people and say, oh, your name's this? Mm -hmm. I thought your name would be Jack. Whenever yeah, I saw yeah. you, I thought it'd be Jack. And then you see like, oh, uh, oh, you look like a Jonathan. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you can even like, hearing somebody's name can kind of get you to guess their personality. So it sort of seems like there would be at least somewhat a bell curve, an average of people being named a certain way and then um, 
having it influence their personalities. So perhaps our brains, most people named Henry, probably come from that sort of Anglo-Saxon yeah. background. Mm-hmm. So if your name is Henry, perhaps some of that brain that you have in your head that's been descended from those common Germanic people or whatever they would be called, Mm -hmm. parts of it has passed down to you, to where you, in some primal way, still are influenced by the name Henry because you know what it really means. And you know that it has to do with breaking enclosures. So you have, if your name is Henry, your brain is saying, my name is Henry, and I need to crush some enclosures, so I need to eat some peanut butter right now. And and so there you go. And some people might be saying, but Hunter, my name is Henry, and I'm not addicted to peanut butter. And to that I would say, says who? It's Whoa. It says who? You just haven't discovered it yet. Do you know how many people, have you compared how much peanut butter you eat compared That's to other people? Probably, yeah. It's probably a lot. Yeah. And maybe you like peanut butter a lot more than other people. And yeah. that's the best I've come up with. <laughs> I mean, that... I, that was a very well thought out and presented argument, considering that there's no objective basis for you to begin that with. But I'm slightly more convinced than I was initially, so I think you, I think you won. <laughs> there you go. Wow. There we go. Okay. So peen- So Henrys are addicted to peanut butter. They are confirmed. Uh, Liam, what you got on the docket? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... So did you have a second thing? Uh, I do, but you can go next because I I just went with the dog thing. I thought Jonathan had a second thing. Oh, did you? No, I mean I'll save mine for after you go. My, oh. Mine will be a good. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So I'm just gonna go do both of mine real quick then because they're both short. Okay. Okay. So first one I've already told you guys is I'm on a crusade to get people to watch Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so oh, true. Yeah. Everybody. Y- y'all too, and everybody, all of our friends listening, yes. you have to try Attack on Titan. Okay. Okay, okay you... three of the top four TV episodes of all time on IMDb are Attack on are Titan. Are you kidding me? Three are you of the top serious? four. I'm, I'm sold. Yeah. Holy I, st- I watched the first three episodes, I was like, this is all right, and I didn't watch any more. I have to watch the rest now. Three of the top four are Attack on Titan. It has seven of the top 26 of all time. And seven nine point nine or above rated episodes. Are you where the next highest is Breaking Bad? Wow! Oh my, that is gosh. actually crazy. good. That's honestly everybody insane. needs to watch it. the The premise is, uh, so the plot of Attack on Titan centers on a civilization inside three walls, the last location where humans still live. The rest of the world is believed to have been overrun by Titans which are giant humanoid beings who attack humans on site. Yes. And it's their struggle for survival and their struggle to explore the outside world despite their being titans. So everybody watch it. Okay. It, it, just disclaimer, it is an anime. So if you haven't seen anime... It is an anime. So Yeah. yeah so if you don't like subtitles, get over it. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch the sub. You have to watch the sub. Dude, I'll check it out. Where is it on? Is it on Netflix? I think so. First season's on Netflix. Yep. Yeah. So nobody has any excuse because everybody has Netflix. There we go. Let it be known that every single time I've talked to Liam in the past couple of weeks, he has mentioned Attack on Titan. Yeah, I mean, so he's on I a guess mission. I really need <laughs> he to... is on a crusade. That is the perfect word. Okay, I'll check it out then. It is seriously 
it's way too good. I, I've spent way too much time <laughs> thinking about it and watching it. It's, it's too good. It's too good. So everybody watch okay, it. Okay. Second, last thing real quick mm-hmm. is just everybody can be thinking about the uh, Tigray region right now in Ethiopia. Okay. So in the northern region, there was a presumed massacre, but it's not confirmed because there's a media blackout that mm. hundreds of Christians were killed in a church in northern Ethiopia. And the news only got out like a week or two after the attack because some of the survivors had walked 120 miles to the nearest city and had told people about it. And it's definitely not, so it's not confirmed, but uh, like the Polish foreign ministry and various European and the United States government has acknowledged it. So yeah, something for everybody to be thinking about and praying for people and that kind of thing. Yeah, so that's that crazy. You said the Tigray region. Tigray, it's uh, I just looked it up. T i g r a y. Okay, dang, that is insane. Yeah, T i g r a y. Yeah, for sure. We'll be keeping them in thoughts and prayers for sure. That's crazy. Yeah, golly, that's honestly crazy. Yep, that was it. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. But yeah, we'll cool. be praying for them for sure. Yeah. Um, Hunter, do you have another one? At some point, I I can do mine, and then you can finish it off if you want. No, you were pretty excited about yours. So I'll let you finish it off. If you okay. Want to. Yeah, but um, mine's um, mine is uh, I think I explained this to y'all already. I think mm-hmm. I know for a fact I told you, Jonathan. But okay. the rotation plasty thing. Yeah, you've mentioned it. I remember the word. Did I tell you, Liam? No. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> so glad that I, I didn't tell you about this. <laughs> I told a lot of people because I thought it was so crazy. So the other day or a couple weeks ago, I was looking around at this stuff, and I found this video online. And you're welcome to play it in the thing if you want to, but you don't have to, because uh, people listening won't be able to see it. But mm-hmm. I honestly thought at first, while I was watching it, that it was a meme, because of how insane it looked. But it's basically it was basically an animated video. Mayo Clinic or something like that puts out these animated videos describing different surgeries. It's that second one, the MD Anderson. What they do is, yeah, they take out, so this is for, in the video, it's MD Anderson. You can Google it, rotation plasty. It's an animated video. They do it for bone tumors that are above the knee. And what they'll do is they'll cut fully through the thigh and cut fully through the calf. Like, the whole shebang. Muscles, bones, the whole nine yards. Through the calf fully and through the thigh fully. Okay. And they'll leave, I believe, yeah, in the video it was saying they leave uh, a major nerve and then a major artery. And they take those. They take, so, and then they totally remove the knee. Completely remove it. Okay. Then they take the foot. Rotate it 180 degrees counterclockwise. No, no shot. <laughs> and reattach it. Reattach it to the thigh. Okay. So what you've got now after the procedure is a shortened leg and a backwards foot. <laughs> what? And the first time I saw that, I saw them cutting. They cut, and then in the animation, they remove like the entire knee, the whole thing. And I was like, this is a meme. I was like. This isn't real. Yeah. And then I looked and I was like, MD Anderson. I was like, that is real. I was like, what the heck? 
So they, uh, so they totally 180, turn the foot, attach it. You've got a shortened leg and a backwards knee. And that backwards, uh, I'm sorry, not a backwards knee, a backwards foot. And that ankle now, with your backwards foot, can hinge just like a knee can. And they'll attach a prosthetic leg to that foot now. And your ankle, your backwards shortened ankle, will now become your new knee. It is insane. <laughs> it's like, it is honestly a medical miracle. Like, it blew my mind the first time. That is kind of crazy. Because I'm looking at pictures right now, and it's, it's legitimately the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, if, if people people listening to this, yeah, should definitely go look up that MD Anderson video. Because it looks like a joke at first. It's like so extreme. Yeah, yeah. I just see a picture of a short leg with a backwards foot. And it works. I mean, they do it all the time. For and people. so they, they have a prosthetic exactly. that, they, that the foot slides into. Yeah. And then it functions. Does it function like a hinge, like the knee it does? It just functions exactly like a knee, yeah. What a what a marvel of engineering. Honestly. And then look, you see that man uh, yeah. standing on his... Yeah, yeah. And look, I mean, you can see it right there. The ankle just... Yeah, this girl's jump roping. Yeah. That kid's playing basketball. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, so it's honestly crazy. Like it's 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 like absurd. Any anyways, it blew my mind because it's so radical, but it works. It seems barbaric when you first see it. You're like, well, honestly, it seems like what the heck yeah. are you doing? Because you take out the entire knee and you're like, where is this going? And then they turn the foot around and reattach it, and you're like, where is this going? <laughs> but then they put the prosthetic on, and it's like whoever came up with this is either insane or an absolute genius probably a little bit of both yeah a probably. healthy healthy bit of both it was first performed by a man named uh it just says borgrev b-o-r-g-g-r-e-v-e it doesn't have a first name in 1927 wow so they've been doing this for a while i guess that is kind of crazy so, anyways um so that's my that's my concern. okay all right well i only got one more thing and I got some healthy competition for you guys. What I have prepared here to end things off here is a little quiz about your boy, right? About you? About me, oh, baby. <laughs> Jay Raj, the, the man. Uh, so I have three three rounds. Okay. <laughs> the first round. The first round is four points. The first round is four questions, a point each. Very easy. Introductory questions about me. The second round is four questions, two points each. A little bit more difficult, but I think y'all should be able to get them. And the final round, I have like nine. I have seven, eight questions, and they're three points each. And they're pretty difficult, but you guys should be able to get some of them. Like I, I'm gonna preface this by saying this. I know you two uh, know me well, but the type of friends that we are to each other, we don't maybe know as much of the trivial things about each other. So it's totally okay if you guys do terrible. I will not be offended in any sort of way. What if I don't know a single answer? On oh, you, no, you'll know. You'll know. Yeah, but how would you feel? <laughs> what? How would you feel? I, do, I wouldn't know you anymore. You're like, I don't, <laughs> what is my middle name? And I'm like, uh. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, I think the easiest way to do this is I just ask it and then just say, because uh, so Hunter's probably going to be a little bit quicker than Liam here. That's the only thing, though. Oh, is it like person. a buzz thing? Like, 
Well, like, I don't have any me- mechanism to do that. So how about after I read the question, just like say you got it or something, and then uh, we'll just figure it out. We could just answer and then just like make make or noise we, and say like should should we just start like making random noise? So okay, okay. So, so we should do that, or should we do it to where you both get a shot at it and then? I don't know. What do you want to do, Liam? Do you want to do it like a buzz thing, or do you want to do it to where you we know, both have a shot? You know, I, I, I think uh, I think we can give Hunter the handicap. You know. Okay. I think, I think well, we okay. Can do it that way. Uh, yeah, I, I have a very, very, very small suspicion that Liam may be a little bit better at this, just because Hunter doesn't remember the very trivial stuff. Wow. But neither would I. Where am I right now? I don't know. <laughs> Hunter's just getting bullied right now. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Okay. All right. First round. I, I think that, I think that'll just be easier. Okay. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, yeah, just make noise or stay with whatever. First round of the J Money quiz, one point each. Here's the first question. How old am I? 22. Uh, all right. 21. Yes, sir. 21 Woo! years old. Okay. <laughs> HB oh, no. with number one. He's got a point on the board. All right. Actually, I'm just going to check the ones that Hunter gets and then not check the ones that Liam gets. Okay, that'll be easier. All right, question number two. What is my major? Mechanical engineering. Yeah, yeah there I was going to say go. that too. I was going to say, uh, okay, for the record, I was going to say that. No, no, I, I, I knew Hunter knew that. I just. I, but I was like, I was like, there's like 50 different engineers. Yeah, maybe it's something really specific. There's a lot. Okay. Yeah. Okay, one, one each. All right, the third question. What is my middle name? David. <laughs> okay. okay. We can both get that one. Yeah, I think that's a tie. Yeah. I, I think that one's a tie because, I mean, Liam said immediately, almost as fast as you did. Uh, yeah, when you said, like, what, what, what if the question is, what's your middle name? And I was just like, uh. <laughs> I knew it was going to be something like that eventually. All right. This one's a little bit difficult, but it's still around one question. Do I prefer dogs or cats? Dogs. Cats? Dogs all day, oh. baby. Dogs all day. Dang it. I was thinking Easy, maybe teaser. you could be a cat person. No. Yeah. I mean, I, cats are, eh. Yeah. I, I definitely prefer dogs. But yeah, okay. Did you come up with these questions or did the. Yeah, I just thought of them. Okay. Um, so currently, Liam's in the lead three to two. That's some BS. Yeah. I'm in the lead. <laughs> yeah, I mean. That that was just the one point question, so that's just to warm you up, you know, get you ready, yeah, now get I'm your brain thinking about me, you know. Now I'm about to get really competitive. Yeah. Okay. I'm cool. <laughs> round two, first question of the second round, yeah. for two points. What year did I graduate high school? Twenty sixteen. Fifteen. Oh my gosh! You both got oh, it, it seventeen. Twenty. Both got it wrong. Wait, twenty seventeen. Yeah. Oh, that would make you older than oh. me because I graduated 2016. I just can't. I can't do math. That's my problem. You said 2015. <laughs> that would have made you older than me. I... <laughs> Liam was close. I, I that definitely was like I think slightly favored to Hunter, uh, just because he's only one year off of me, so it's easier to do that math in his head. But I did it the wrong way. <laughs> you did do it the wrong way though, <laughs> which is okay though. Well, you graduated 2015 though, right, Liam? I did. We're the same age, though. You're 23? I'm 23. Oh. All right. So I'm going to say neither on that one. Tragic. Um, this one's a little bit more difficult here. Hold on a second. Wait, pause. Something yeah. I just thought of. Do you have any... 
do you have like what's my mother's maiden name <laughs> nothing uh, that crazy okay okay or nothing stuff, that somebody could hack into your bank account I, with there's a good chance i would have i would have mentioned most of these two y'all there's like a good chance at some point but some of them you'll probably have to guess on but i mean like somebody no. listening to this okay Oh, wait, that somebody listening like, to this what? Like, listener, like, you know how, like, you're, if you forget your password, you can answer questions on, yeah. like, accounts and things? Oh, like, I'm going to give away, like, personal information yeah. that's, like, actually important? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll find out. I don't know. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't think so. Um, okay, question two, round two. Um, which is my favorite tennis player, Roger Federer or Rafael Nadal? Rafael Nadal. Easy peasy for Hunter. <laughs> easy peasy for hunter I, I the only reason i know that if you hadn't said those names i would have had no clue right right okay yeah i knew i knew i'd have to say it for y'all but uh it's because i say vamos a lot when i like oh yeah, i didn't know I that so, i yeah. just heard you mention that name <laughs> yeah um okay a little bit more difficult question three for two points how many nephews and nieces do i have two I mean, is that all of them? Is that not all of them? Hunter just looked at a picture on my desk of some of them. Is that all of them, Hunter? Well, because Jonathan's got a lot so of siblings. Obviously, it's more than two. It is definitely more than two. Five? Five. <laughs> it is five. Are you kidding me? That was a total guess. Oh, my gosh. Dude. Look, Liam, I don't want to... I don't mean to... That's only three of them. Okay, here's the thing. There's a picture of these yeah. children on Jonathan's desk. Yes. But there wasn't five. There was only three. There's two others. I don't have the picture of the other two. Okay. Not, not, not printed out. Okay. Question four of round two. The last question of round two for two points. Easy peasy question. Easy peasy. What oh, is no. my fa- What is my favorite band? Oh, do you know this one, Liam? Oh, oh uh, uh, Switchfoot. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, Switchfoot too. There he got it. He got it. Dude, it's kind of cheating because I'm literally in Jonathan's room. Yeah, there's there's a four <laughs> Switchfoot posters right behind Hunter to his right, right behind you over there. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's no, four yeah. Of them. yeah. I was looking to see if you had your degree hanging up or something. Like that. Well, oh, you haven't graduated. Yeah, yet. still, oh, still yeah. have to get that. But yeah, we're almost there. Uh, all right. I think let's look at a. So Hunter got one, two points in round one. And then he got four points in round two. So hey. Hunter has six points. Liam got three points in round one. And then he got two points in round two. Ooh, so so he's at neck. five points. So six to five Hunter right now. Pretty close. I guess that means we're both pretty good friends. So we can take that. All right. Round three for three points uh, for each question. There are eight questions here. Um, by the way, uh, eight just on the third round. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Question one, round three for three points. What two sports did I play growing up the most? All the way through the end of high school. One two is tennis. Yeah, ten- one is tennis, tennis, of course. All right, then... whoever gets the other one first. Golf. Basketball. Nah. Oh, no, okay, that'll be my two guesses. Nope. What are yours, Liam? Uh, cross country. Mm, man, I thought y'all were better Rip. than this. It was <laughs> baseball. Baseball. Yeah. What? Uh, growing up. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I played a lot of baseball. Probably up to like fifth or sixth grade. I played baseball every year of my life. Same kind of motion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I thought y'all would have gotten that one. That's okay. That's okay. Um, 
Question number two for three points. Jonathan's like, oh crap, they're not going to get any of these. No, no, you'll, you'll get some of them. Uh, what is my favorite plane? Hint, it is like a military aircraft. Oh my gosh, dude. I've got no free. Oh, oh man. I've got no idea. I don't even know. I couldn't even list any planes. Okay, I'm going to guess an F-22. That is correct. The F-22. Oh, he literally cut out right as he said Did you say the F-22? Huh? He said the F-22? Yeah. Oh, hold on. Oh, you can't hear Liam. No. No, very, very good job, Liam. Very good job. Impressed. Is the F-22 the Raptor? Yeah, the F-22 Raptor. So Thorford? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Sweet. Most air-dominant uh, aircraft <laughs> there there is. Today. I was not going to get that. Yeah, it's okay. I was about that to say one Bo- was definitely was favored Boeing towards 77. Liam. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, okay. Question three for three points. What state did I grow up in besides Texas? Oh, I know this one. New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. Easy peasy for Hunter. Blam. I guess that could have been a round two question. Hunter, Liam, did you know that? Oh, I uh, can't Let hear me you. guess. I, 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 didn't, didn't, know you I didn't even hear Hunter. Oh. Was... Uh, New Jersey? Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. So you did hear the question? Did you answer quick? I heard the question. I did not answer quick. No. Okay. Hunter, Hunter answered it pretty quick, so I'm just going to give that. Definitely, definitely goes to Hunter. Okay, but I'm I'm glad that you knew it though. I'm glad that you knew it. Okay, question number four for three points. This one's a little tricky. Uh, you you had to pay attention to the small things. Um, about two years ago, I made a Chrome extension. What what is it called? Oh, oh man, I should know this one. <laughs> you should. I know what it does. It's got yeah. yeah. It's got some Aggie lingo in it. I'll give you that. Uh, all right. If you, both y'all are stumped, I'll give you another hint. Uh, okay. Okay. I'll all right. It. It's got an Aggie acronym in it. You say it at football games. Oh, beat the hell out of scheduler. Oh, uh, beat the so, hell out of scheduler. Schedule. So whoever says it first gets it. So close. I don't even know what it could possibly be <laughs> besides that, because that's what it would do. All right. I'm going to say neither of y'all get it. It's called Beat the Hell Out of Registration. Oh, dang. Oh, so dang closely. Of you almost had it, man. So close. That's that okay. Was, that was two years ago? I started about two years ago, yeah. Oh my it was a long God. time ago, right? It was a long time ago. It doesn't seem that long ago. Yeah. Um, okay. This one, I don't know if y'all are going to get this. The three points. What is my birthday? Oh, yeah. I've got no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew oh, neither real no. had a shot. Uh, oh, no. I'm going to try to guess. You can guess, though. I'm going to try to guess. Yeah, yeah. June. <laughs> Already wrong. Okay. Liam, what you got? <laughs> what do you think, Liam? Throw it um, I, I do think you're a summer birthday. I'm going to guess July. Okay. What, what date are you thinking? Oh, no. Okay. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. You got 31 choices, uh, baby. <laughs> July mm. 23rd. Three days off. Uh, July 26th. Oh. Uh, okay. So close. So close. Um, Man. Dang. Round three's a doozy. Yeah, it, it is. It is a doozy. But both of y'all have gotten one, so that's something. All right. This one, I think y'all should get. Um. For three points, what have I dressed up as for Halloween twice in my life? Say that again. What have I dressed up for on Halloween twice in my life? The same costume. 
Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yes, sir. Oh, dang it! I didn't oh, know you did that. Yes. I didn't know you did that twice. Oh, I did it as a kid. Oh, I almost dropped my phone. Okay, there we go. And he did it that one time. All right, twice. two more questions. I think it's still anybody's game because they're all three-point questions. Okay. This one's a little bit more abstract, I guess. Okay. Um, for three points, what is my favorite thing to do when I'm in the woods? Oh. Uh, swing an axe into a tree, or that, swing a baseball bat into a tree. That is a very good guess, but not what I was thinking. But I'll I'll let you keep guessing because that was a really good guess. Make fire, make yes, fire. anything to do with fire. Yes, no. fire. Nice. <laughs> there we go. All right, Hunter, you may still be in it if you get Dude, this. Next I should have answered make fire. Come on. Um, that's Jonathan's favorite thing. Period. Yeah, that, I I thought that was a pretty <laughs> good one. But I'm very impressed that you remember the axe one because that's like a very like smaller one. Yeah. So that's that's good. You got that. All right, and for the last question, for three points. Is, how t- is this like the game? Whoever gets this wins? No, not at all. I'm still counting up the points. Uh, but for three points, for the last question, how tall am I? Five, six. Five, seven. Liam got it. Hey. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, you got it. You got it, Leo. Five seven. Hey, you're both very close, though. But yeah, oh. very very close. Um, okay, who's the better friend? Tell us. Okay, I th- okay. Liam obviously won because he crushed the end of yeah, round three. Yeah. He got nine points on the last three questions. He came up clutch. Dang. Um, let's see. So Liam got twelve points in the last round. Hunter got three. So not great. And then Hunter got four. So he got five. And then two, so Hunter got, so he had nine total. Liam had 12, 14, 17 points. And I got nine? Yeah, <laughs> 17 to nine. It's just because of round three. Yeah. Round three was uh, rigged, let's be honest. Uh, the F-22 question was definitely favorite towards me. Yeah, <laughs> no, the F-22 is definitely favorite towards you. Hunter had a little bit of help with the nephews and nieces, I guess. I did, I did. I had... Uh... <laughs> Nieces, I mean, nephews. Liam, let's be honest. Hunter theoretically maybe should have beaten me, you because he did disciple me for like two years. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm not, again, there's no problem. It's all trivial questions. It's I not, don't know who. I don't know anybody. This is not a definition of who's a better friend. I don't but, know Liam's. I don't know nobody's. I don't even know my own. <laughs> I don't even. Nobody told me ever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Thanks, Liam, for coming out. I hope it was fun. Yep. Awesome. It was fun. It was fun. Everybody Sweet. needs to watch Attack on Titan. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. I, I remember. Watch. watch Attack on it Titan. It is on Netflix? For season it is one. on Netflix. Okay. Season one is on Netflix. Okay, I'll check it out. Confirmed. All right. Well, I think that's what we're going to call it for here. Hopefully, we record another one sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, Don't wait another five months. Yeah, hopefully not wait another <laughs> five months. So, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys in the next one.